This episode is brought to you in partnership with Neonic Training Solutions. Neonic run a student-led physiotherapy clinic based in Shipley, Bradford. Neonic provide placements for a range of healthcare students, offering supported direct patient contact coupled with additional learning opportunities. This creates a unique placement package that can give your confidence and professional development a huge boost. If you're in the Shipley Bradford area and would like to get some help with an injury or a long-term condition, then Neonic may have the solution. Everyone can get a free first appointment advice and then any subsequent five appointments would only cost a total of £20. Neonic offer extremely affordable physiotherapy service and if you're worried about seeing a student, check out their five-star Google rating. The students have time dedicated to concentrate on you and are supervised by expert physiotherapy practitioners that have a wealth of experience from a broad range of backgrounds. If you'd like to find out more about their services, whether that's from either a student or a patient perspective, you can find more at neonic.co.uk and we'll leave a link in the show notes. Okay, welcome to episode 24 of the Student Physio Podcast. This week we are delighted to be joined by Jeff Render. Jeff became a stroke survivor in September 2015 and is an expert by experience at the University of Bradford and associated with Creased Puddle, who helped to increase the neurodiversity conversation. In his spare time, is a swim teacher. So, Jeff, could you tell us a little bit more about your journey up to this point? Um, before my stroke, I only had experience as a motor skeleton, so I'm hypermobile. Then... I had my stroke in 2015, and since then, um, been living with uh, the effects of the stroke. I also do work for a stroke charity called Different Strokes as well, one day a week. So, Jeff, we kind of know you through our sponsors, Neonic, and that's kind of how we first got got in touch with you. And you, you've said there that you've had um, previous experience, but mostly it had been musculoskeletal physio before your stroke. What what sort of experiences had you had working with with students in that sort of musculoskeletal environment um, prior to your stroke? Uh, before my stroke, I had no experience with students, so only with the other physiotherapist, uh, and the occasional one that were always um, most of them proactive, but a couple of them were like, "Well, you shouldn't be doing this anymore," which is one sort of barrier that you try to I try to manage as well and uh, so i suppose then uh, quite a light experience of of physio before before your stroke you then have the stroke then kind of talk us through what kind of happens physio wise post stroke so assuming you'd got some um inpatient physiotherapy from the neurophysios and then that kind of becomes an outpatient um how'd that process work for you Back then, it was like you're walking, so you don't need physiotherapy. I literally had an OT for about five minutes doing mirror therapy, and the physio went, walked in and went, you can walk, and walked off. And that's all I did in hospital. It's not until you get in the real world that you realise the fatigue and, and this part of the leg doesn't work, and then that's when you um, really do need the uh, physiotherapy input. And then I suppose as you're saying you, you need that input when did that start how did that look like in the early days and then how does that look i suppose now 
Physiotherapy in them days was, when you left hospital, was very, very minimal. You donate a couple of appointments for outreach and that was it. These days, the uh, probably because of there being more campaigning, is that now even those that are walking out of hospital are now having physiotherapy and more multidisciplinary support. So it's a lot better than it used to be. Yeah, it's really good to hear. I know um, a lot of the inpatient things, it's it's historically been if you the target is to get you walking again and then you can be discharged from hospital. But yeah, there's been a lot of work recently about the ongoing effects of, of living with a stroke and all the different rehabilitation that you can do post-stroke to try and get you back to living a, a good, healthy lifestyle and increasing that quality of life. It's really good. So just wanted to touch a little bit about the use of virtual reality. So in one of our previous episodes, we spoke about how virtual reality is being used more commonly in stroke rehabilitation, all the way from inpatient to to more chronic um, living with stroke and how that can have a really positive impact on their rehab. So I just wondered, Jeff, as an expert by experience, have you had any experience with using VR te- technology, such as like a Nintendo Wii or any, any virtual reality like that? Not as part of uh, my physiotherapy. I have used uh, Gripable, which I saw a big increase in use of my hand. Um, I've also been had some other improvements as well. So that's been good. Uh, it's trying to get that brain engaged and not be bored when you're doing the exercise. Because sometimes I try to mix my another activity in normal to do my physiotherapy so it doesn't feel like I'm bored. So yeah, anything to help people get more engaged to improve is great. Yeah, I think that was one of the, the really big things that, that came up in the studies that I was looking at is that you've got to enjoy it. You And if it's a game on a on a console or some sort of like thing like that, you're more likely to do it. And the repetition that comes from, from you doing these games and engaging with these games that's fun, that you're actually happy to do, is just going to be so much higher than a few exercises um, that you're given by your physio. So yeah, really good um, usage there. And, yeah, and you, sp- yeah, and you spoke about um, how the grip able really benefited your grip. Do you feel like that was because it was more of a fun aspect of it, and how it was um, sort of reproducible? Yeah, and it also, when you get the information going, oh, you got to do this exercise three times a day, da 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 da. And you go, well, where am I going to fit that around my life and my energy? And oh, God, and if you're doing that, get that bit, um, the, the grip able was like, well, it wasn't as bad as a thought as well. Um, I also have done a study for um, uh, fatigue as well for um, a well known brand of exercise watch. So it, that's um, also a good way that we can sort of learn and. It also goes into the mainstream, a lot of therapy that can help. Uh, and you can do it with your family as well, like, as you said, the yeah, week, definitely. with my friends and family. Yeah, exactly. And it's a lot of simple tasks that you don't really think about as being these repetitive um, motions that are actually really good for this neuro rehab that actually can be fun and can be included in your day-to-day life, like playing the Nintendo Wii, rather than 
you have to make time to do these exercises three times a day that kind of like almost it takes your condition and it takes it over your life rather than just being able to manage it. I've also been doing uh, like, um, you know, those response boards where you like games or where lights. I've done that before yeah. but, and that was at a um, Formula One simulator. So we were in a professional driver's car simulator. I didn't have a go, but um, my friend, 17 year old, his first driving lesson was in a Formula One simulator. So it's all downhill now for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Um, he actually, because he's been to um, physiotherapy uh, places, uh, there's a motion rehab where there's all those uh, physiotherapists. He now wants to go into engineering and designing equipment to help um, uh, people's physiotherapy. That's inspired him to do it now. He's about to do his, doing his four, four A levels at the moment, so he's hoping to do go to university too. Very good. And that's quite a bit different to, that's a very sort of very different way of looking at how you can sort of work your way into physio, but that's the beauty of it is that there's so many ways into it. Jeff, I, I want to ask you a few questions just regarding Neonic. So um, we started working with Neonic. We, we knew Claire and Michael at university, started working with them with the podcast um, a few months ago you do quite a lot of work with them as well and, and with the students that, that go to Neonic on placement. Could you give us a bit of an insight in terms of what you do with Neonic um, and that sort of relationship that you have with Claire and Michael and then how that transfers over into the work you do with the students? Um, I'm a patient that will say, and I mean, recently I had a physiotherapist that came out to me and it was like, it's the first time I've actually had a patient that's actually told me what I needed to know rather than me having to get information out of them. And that's the thing is to explain from a stroke perspective on how to work best with us. Especially when you get a new condition, you don't know how that condition affects you. And so that's the way one way of teaching the students. And so it's like a practice patient. It's also very odd when I go on the other side of things and be a patient at Neonic as well, which is so it can be a bit odd being on one side on the screen and suddenly um, or in person then suddenly the patient it can be quite odd. Um, I did actually recently, but I was a patient and I had um, a nurse, a physio student. Um, I was his first patient on a ward that were pretty nerve wracking for him as well. <laughs> and in terms of in terms of the kind of content that you're delivering to the students, what what What's your kind of key message that you're trying to get across to them? Um, knowing is one thing, understanding is a totally different thing. And this stroke has so many different effects and we're all human, we all respond differently and we've all got lots, may have other conditions that link to other conditions and uh, to look at people on a, as a whole rather than a condition. Um, and that's the main thing is that and that we feel that we're being listened to as well. Yeah, I think that's it's really important that you're, you're getting that message across to, to physio students because it's not just applicable in neuro either. It's a, it applies to MSK, it applies to respiratory. You're not just treating a condition, you are treating a person. And 
and that really needs to shine through with your treatment not to get the patient on board only but just to, to have good outcomes and really build that patient-centered care approach yeah we've all got different goals as well that we want to get back to and also psychologically i mean something ripped from you instantly as well and then you're having to readapt that you need to work with it with the patient on achieve those goals definitely definitely on that topic of sort of the students learning a little bit more about stroke we thought it'd be quite interesting if you'd be able to give some of our listeners an insight into the day-to-day challenges that you might face that some of these student physios might not exactly be aware of or know that that's an actual challenge for you the condition changes all the time so fatigue what i can do at one time can be different to another um all the different memory situations i have to manage um even walking is that different surfaces can be feel like different things different messages and um i sometimes for example i downstairs i've got two steps that go down i need to remind myself not to uh, of all the different routines so not to go down when the floor's wet when use the handrails or, or, or even slow down. I don't sometimes need to use the handrail, but it's there to remind me to slow down. Um, but yeah, there's so many fatigue, memory issues, moods, and they all tend to go line up together. So, uh, and also physically, what I want to do and what I can do can be, um, and sometimes it does feel like I've got two different bodies. So left body wants to go, yeah, do stuff, uh, don't do stuff. The right stuff's like, oh, come on, get a move on. It does feel like, um, and I've, when I do my school talks, I often compare it like use Doctor Who or Harry Potter to explain. I mean, like, I mean, I'm the stroke felt like I mean, Doctor Who regeneration, or what, what am I now, <laughs> sort of thing. Ah, change, change completely, yeah. And when you're talking about these sort of challenges day to day, is it uh, whatever happens on the day you'll you'll kind of see how you're feeling, or do you have any like pre-warning as to to know it? Oh, I feel like this now, so I'm probably going to be very tired later. Is there anything that you can guess or make see patterns? Yeah, and it's trying to get those right. I need to have the chilling at this time, and trying to get the regular patterns. But then you've got to meet other demands of work. So if you've got to go out somewhere. Oh, you've got to do shopping, you've got to plan everything to make it less. Save that little bit of energy wherever you can and rest, and uh, but still live, have to live full life and get out and, and see friends and everything else. It's just tr- going, right, what do I do? How do I pull out? No, I can't do that. And, and again, that can be quite psychologically affected as well. Okay. And do you find planning as a is a good coping mechanism for you? It allows you to pace your activities and know that you're not using all your energy straight away. Is that one of the ways that you've managed to cope? Yeah, but I feel like I'm in control. And that is one of the things about physiotherapy is that I need to feel like I'm in control of managing my fatigue. But when I work with you, physiotherapist, I'm having to put my trust in you to manage it. And I've been to Neonic and um, when I was in a 
not feeling great, why am I, it's not in my energy patterns, and I'm having to try and sort of, I'm going on a bad time, and stuck in traffic, I don't feel like I'm doing something, and that person that was there managed to flip it round, and make me, and so I came out feeling that I'm actually improving, and everything, even though I felt I was on a really bad, not, I'm not doing anything, and it's that, and the guy who did that was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's that reassurance, isn't it? And and from a physio's point of view, we we take a lot of objective markers. We we're we're able to measure progress in a very objective way. Sometimes a patient can't really see through their like subjective lens because they see it every single day. They're struggling with this, they're struggling with that. It's really hard to differentiate if you're actually improving, which is like a really good a good way that a physio can reassure you and make sure that you're going in the right direction and keep giving you those little pushes to keep improving. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I've wanted to move on to sort of the, the flip side of, of that um, example you just gave then Jeff. So when you're, when you're learning neurological physio, as a student, it can be quite overwhelming. There's lots of conditions to learn. You need to know the intricacies of each one. And like you said earlier, they can all present in the same condition completely differently. So it can be quite hard as a physio trying to learn this, especially getting a grip of it early in their career. So I wanted to ask if you've ever had an experience where you've worked with a student and they they haven't quite displayed that level of understanding, that level of confidence that you'd expect that would reassure you and and make you able to put your trust in them. So have you have you had that experience where you've you've almost not had that great great experience from a student? I did once. She was a really, really good student and I it was winter and I told her a bit, I had a bit of asthma, so I just recovered from bad asthma. And she was like, oh, we're going into the gym. And I'm like, oh, right. And she was like, do hand raises until you're tired. If I'm tired when you got fatigue, I can do stuff for a short while, then get tired, but then quickly can do stuff again. And I mean, my angel levels can go boom, 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 up and down like mad. And I just completely went, then I started thinking, right, I'm going to, she hasn't asked me that what I'm doing this afternoon. I've got to do so and so, and then, and all those thoughts went through my head, and it just ended up being a complete utter disaster. And I lost confidence in her, but also in the the uh, old system because I felt that I wasn't being listened to when I tried explaining the situation as well. Um, we did manage to sort out and brought in a new way of measuring how. Fatigue, so yeah, great. Do gym one day if that person feels like great. Other days, um, that person may not want to do it, or they may be just having. And we all naturally, without fatigue and without a brain injury, do have good days and bad days, and it's trying to have that control as well. No, oh, definitely, definitely. There's a a few things I picked up there. So obviously. As a physio and as a student physio as well, we've got a responsibility to, to care for our patients and we need to we need to be asking those yeah. questions of, of what else have you got on today? How are your energy levels feeling today? Do you feel comfortable in doing these sorts of things? And it's really important, important for us and especially for you, somebody who's really clued up on 
on all the aspects of stroke and you work you're in and out of physio practices and you're speaking to students so you've got quite a good understanding of it now to me that's a really important part of my the one of the first things i speak to a patient how are you doing today what are you what are you feeling like today now some people with stroke might not want to to sort of share that um information or they're not might be willing to just give it up straight away have you got any advice on how physio students can sort of navigate um really understanding what a patient's like energy levels are today or what they're willing to do it's always difficult because it's individual and he's trying to get to know that individual but at the same time ask them what they want to do but not overwhelm people and build it up as well different people have different ways to work out how the best way to work that care but that care plan of how to develop it over time as well and what their goals are um, and that goes for any patient not just people who know yeah that. yeah 100 percent. building that rapport up setting goals that we, we not just the physio wants to achieve but the the, the student or wants to achieve but the actual patient has said this is what i want to get back to and that might take a bit of guiding from the physio because they might not know what they want to get back to. They might just be like, well, I'm just coming to physio to do better. I've been told to. And it is building that relationship and knowing how to how to navigate that. But yeah, really being open and honest um, and allowing the patient to feel in a trusted environment so that they can be open and honest with you about, about how they're feeling. Really good. Okay, so I just wanted to touch on a little bit of what you said at the start, Jeff, just before we were on the call. Um, about some of the the new sort of conditions stimulus you've been having so i'll hand over to you to explain a little bit about what that was like um i got up uh the week and i couldn't walk and couldn't talk um i was walking like a drunk and got me to the hospital and what um it seems that it is is that my nerve endings have started to work in now a lot of stroke survivors do have neuropathic pains when the nerve ends start because they don't know how to respond. And but mine just decided to come on all in one go. So it's now really odd going, I can actually got normal feeling in that leg and that leg. It's not and that's a bit weird at the moment psychologically. And is am I walking differently now because I'm now can have, and that's gonna be an it's like, oh great, fine and now we've got a new bit to learn because I'm getting better, but it's pretty scary that my foot doesn't know where to go when it's now it's got more use so it's it's that retraining isn't it it's, yeah. a, it's a new challenge on the step now it's that's that's really it's really good in a way but yeah it presents lots of new challenges um new things to get around and it's exploring what your body's capable of again isn't it it's very scary as well and it's like having going through the stroke again in a way and that changes i did get a bit upset the other week and michael was there at neonic and he was like he was very, and again, he was there very positive to put out about how to work with it. And, uh, and now they sat down and spoke to me about how, about it going forward. Because obviously it's very bewildering that suddenly I'm getting used back again, but I don't know how to get used back again properly. Yeah. And had anybody spoke to you about this, about the possibility that this would happen um, previously? It has been when I first had my stroke and I do hear it and Patients do get better very, very slowly. Mine just decided to come back in one massive go. Yeah. 
and it's quite and a lot of stroke survivors that I spoke to since think oh really bad it, the way it happened but it gives us a lot of hope that we can get that little bit of improvement that people don't I got told when I had my stroke you only improve in the first two years and then that's it and that you can improve continuously through like it and develop and change uh, is really quite um, uplifting for people that they they can still get that bit of use back even years down the line they and definitely, that yeah. reality helps as well yeah yeah definitely definitely well I'm, I'm glad things are, are starting to look up a little bit obviously you've got some new challenges ahead of you um, but hopefully we're moving in the right direction and and things do look out for you good okay so we're we're going to move on to those three quick fire questions um so obviously a little bit different from a patient perspective um but it'd be really good to get to get your side of 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 these questions to add to our, our bank of answers so jeff what would you say they are the three most important behaviors or traits for a physiotherapist are in your experience uh, that you want to learn and you listen, but also the patient feels like they're being listened to. Um, to be supportive and um, at all times and have got and work as a team with the individual. And the third time is to get as broad of interest as possible and better community. And um, it's always good to that. I know a lot of students seem to be, oh, they'll do rugby or football, but it'd be nice for them to, for example, but they would like to do other sports as well and, and master's athletes and swimming. And, you know, it'd be good for them to do a little bit in, a little bit of everything so they get a bit of knowledge and widen it out a bit. And no. oh. so that'd be one of the main things. I'm going to add another oh. fourth then, but then... Oh. I think you already got four down then. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the broadening one was really good just because everything's transferable. I know that a lot of um, people on, on this rotation that I've been on have been saying, get down to neuro, you need to get a neuro rotation because the way you handle any patient after you've been on a neuro placement is better because your handling has to be so important in there and it transfers over to every patient you see. Similar with respiratory, how you learn some breathing techniques and you can look at that, it translates. So every single area of physio do translate to each other. So yeah, broadening your horizons is really important. And there was another one that you that you said then that, that really struck with me and it's uh, listen to listen, not don't listen to reply, which a lot of physios do. They'll, they'll, they'll speak and they've already got their answer ready, but they're not actually listening and reading between the lines and learning what's most important to that patient. So yeah, two, two really big ones then. Move on to the next question. So what excites you the most about the future of physiotherapy? I, the wide range that's going on at the moment and the, uh, the future, there's, and also the most, my sport as well is that there seems to be more interest in all different directions and as well by the students and i can see that when i'm not going that do my work at Bradford university and that and, and there's more input from patients as well i think that's one of the important things about Bradford, and i've done a little bit with Huddersfield as well and um, i think that brings a lot more to the 
table for their students at universities. Yeah, definitely. I think there's been a big shift in in all professions, really. But trying to put the the patient at the at the centre of everything, um, and I think that that's really starts from being a physio student and having those interactions with patients and 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 finding out from your experiences, like we've we've discussed today. I think it starts from there, and it can can only broaden, can't it? Yeah. Perfect. Right. We'll move on to the last question and. This might be a bit of a funny one now. Um, we've had some recent changes, but there's no specific way to answer it. But are you satisfied? As ever, I will be. <laughs> <laughs> Still got a, a, a long journey ahead of you for sure. Yeah. No, that, that's that's really good. Well, Jeff, thank you very much for for coming on the podcast. Uh, it's been really great to to hear your. Um, side of things and I'm sure it'll be very useful for some of the students to get a perspective of of what being a stroke survivor is like and how this impacts day-to-day um, -day and your your time with physiotherapists. That's great, thank you very much. Perfect, okay that's it for episode 23 of the podcast. From myself, Lewis and Connor, I just wanted to say a massive thanks Jeff for joining us. It's been great to hear your thoughts and experiences and as always a huge thanks to our sponsors at Neonic. Thank you very much for listening and bye for now. Thank you.